Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. And we're into extra time. Kia ora koutou katoa. Welcome to the Extra Time Podcast. I'm Joe Porter. Joining me this week, we have RNZ Sports columnist Hamish Bidwell, Black Ferns midfielder Chelsea Alley, Wellington Pride women's player Alice Soper and rugby pass analyst Ben Smith. Well, Super Rugby is back with the all-New Zealand Aotearoa competition with the five Kiwi franchises playing each other twice over ten weeks with the team who finishes with the most points to be crowned champions. The Crusaders are heavy favourites at the bookies with the Chiefs sitting second, followed by the Blues and Hurricanes with the Highlanders rank outsiders. Hamish, Chelsea and Alice, do you agree with those odds? Are the Highlanders that bad and are the Crusaders that good? The Highlanders are probably going to end up where they uh, are predicted to. But I don't know. I feel like the Blues are a little bit hard done by, aren't they? They've paid so much money to get all that team together. Surely they should be <laughs> higher up the ranking. Hamish, what do you make of, of the bookies' odds? Yeah, spot on, probably. Um, the Chiefs, uh, I think have, uh, uh, I think their chances are probably over. I thought um, Atu Molly doesn't get a lot of publicity, but I thought he was their best player pre-COVID. Um, he had to go from loose head to tight head to cover for Nepo Lalala's uh, injury, and he did that superbly. Um, people get bored of props. They don't care about scrums. They just think it's a bit of a time waster. Um, they just want the game to hurry up. But to do what he did is quite phenomenal. Um, people will tell you it's the equivalent of being a right-handed golfer and having to go and suddenly play left-handed, for instance. And he was sensational, so his loss is a big one. Um, I don't think they quite have the grunt without him, or they don't have the, the same quality of prop rotation, which was a big feature of their play. Um, so I think you're right to say the Crusaders are going to win, and I think the rest of them are probably making up the numbers a little bit. I think we're all intrigued about the Blues. Um, yes. The signings they've made, whether they're worthwhile, whether they're not. Um, seems a bit of a nonsense if you're going to have Barrett to plunk him out at fullback. I know the Blues don't have a nailed-on 15 option. Pirafetta was playing there, but he's injured now. Um, it's a measure of Barrett's class and ability that he can fill in at fullback, but he's a first five eight for me, and I'd be playing him there. I just I wrote during the week that I would make me chuckle if they brought these Clemmer boys in, Barrett and Carter, and the Blues started losing, um, having suddenly started winning with with Autry Black um, driving the ship. But um, yeah, so I'm intrigued about how that'll work. But I'm looking forward to seeing the Crusaders play well and, and hopefully winning the winning the title. Chelsea, where do your allegiances lie and, and who do you think will go well in this competition? Do you think anyone can challenge the Crusaders? Oh, definitely. Look, I'm a, um, I'm a hearty chief supporter through and through and um, <laughs> it's pretty handy when you've just had um, your coach named as, I think, the best coach in the world and, and then you look at their bench and they've got the likes of Aaron Creedon and Nane Satora on the bench. Um, I was a bit surprised with that at the start, to be honest. Um, I thought Creedon would have would have led the troops out there and settled the game. But, you know, it's pretty handy to have someone like that to come in in the game if if it is a tight tight match. So I've got full faith still in the Chiefs. I know it'll be a a tough battle, um, especially up against the Crusaders, but they've got a pretty good draw to ease into it, I'd say. So, yeah. And picking Aaron Cruden on the bench for the Chiefs, uh, is that, what, a slight on the Highlanders from Warren Gatland, or is it rotation? What do you think's behind that? Gatland has said it's you know really about managing the players, and Cruden was a bit stiff last week, and Caleb Trask deserves a chance to run the cut of it. What do you make of it? Yeah, definitely. Look, I think um, 
Caleb Trask, his youth and energy um, in between the likes of um, Brad Webber and Anton Leonard Brown, will we'll be able to really he'll be able to settle in between those two. And um, I guess Gatlin is kind of this is probably the best game to give him a shot um, as a young up and coming first wife. And then obviously yeah, you got Cruden there to come in and, and and finish the game out if he needs to. So yeah, I, I trust Gatlin. So <laughs> yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. And Ben, you're probably the most qualified, really, to talk about odds and who's likely to win and all those sorts of things. What do you make of the competition? Do you see the Crusaders as favourites, the Highlanders as no shot, and the Chiefs maybe with a chance? How do you think it sits? Uh, I think that's probably an accurate summary. I think you can't really go past the Crusaders with the form they showed um, just to start the season. But I do give the Chiefs more of a chance than what Hamish does. I think what what Gatlin's done there is, is mature that side just in terms of the balance of how they're playing. So if you look a lot of, at a lot of the stats, they are, are kicking a, a lot more than what they used to. They don't play a lot of phases. They're uh, ranked 10th out of all the teams in the old Super Rugby for plus seven phases. So they're only averaging about two and 2.2 um, phases before for getting rid of the ball. So they're playing a lot less in their own half, just releasing the pressure zone. Um, and what they seem to have found a, a pretty in the early part of the season, they had a really nice mix with the back row. They pretty much had four sevens on the field with Mitch Brown, Lachlan Boucher, Karpik and Kane at eight. So they had found, they just had a really stout defence. And you look at that game in Hamilton against the Crusaders where they just held, held the Crusaders out and managed to, to give them one of their first losses in a long time. So I really like what the Chiefs have done in that department and they're going to be a tough side to beat just because they, I think they're playing a little more like what Gatlin had done with Wales and they're basing their game not just off the talent but good old hard defence. What does everyone make of the Dan Carter signing at the Blues? Obviously a great marketing move, plenty of good publicity. Does anyone think he'll actually play during the tournament? Well, I disagree with Hamish earlier, found it fancy that, because I do think that Bowden Barrett is a, um, is a natural 15 rather than 10. I always feel uncomfortable watching him play there. He doesn't quite know how to pack his insertions into the line as he does when he's at 15. He seems to have more time and more vision. So getting him back into a 15 jersey and giving him more space and having um, Dan in at 10 to run that, I'm excited to see that be played. I do feel like Teddy Black picked the wrong time to move from the Canes to the Blues. I mean, I, I, he, he was absolutely robbed by this, and hopefully he does actually get to uh, have the run out. We haven't seen the team list yet, have we, for um, for the Blues and the Canes? No, it sounds like Teddy's going to start at 10 and Barrett at the back. That's what we're hearing. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I'm interested to see how that all plays out and when Dan's going to come back in. Is his injury stuff sorted, though? Because he's kind of been that guy for a long time, and now he's, what, 38? Is that going to be a problem for him? I don't know. I know it's harder for me to warm up now. I don't know how it's going to be when I'm 38 years old. Hamish, you've got some thoughts. Uh, Carter's retired. Carter retired years ago. Um, I think we all remember the 2015 Rugby World Cup final. Um, He played well. They won. So to expect much of him now is probably a bit much. Um, Admirable guy, really marketable person. Hopefully he can... uh, Tutor Barrett and Black, and uh, pass on some of his, you know, many years of knowledge and all that kind of stuff. Um, maybe he can come on and close the odd game, but I, I don't expect too much from him. Not because I don't rate him, not because he's not been a very fine player, but because, as I say, his um, his career finished five years ago, and he's in recent times had a neck surgery. So, um, yeah, I don't think we should be expecting the world from from Dangerous Dan. 
Does Bowden Barrett take a Blues team who was showing promise in the early stages of this competition of being a team capable of reaching the playoffs and, and you know, at least some of their potential compared to, what, 11 years or something it's been since they last reached the playoffs? So, look, do you think Bowden Barrett makes that team who is showing signs of promise stronger, especially if he's playing at fullback? I just remember lots of those chilly, damp nights at AMI Stadium when, when Bowden was a hurricane, and I just, if he can show an ability to go to places like Christchurch and, and win playoff games and good luck to him, but I've, I've never seen it. Um, that doesn't mean he couldn't do it, but he's getting sort of late in his career to start doing it. But um, good player, great front runner, brilliant, you know, but I think when his teams are under the pump, I don't have a lot of faith in him. Um, teams don't help him themselves. There's a lot of just tuck the ball to Bowden and hope he does something amazing, whether that's the All Blacks or the Hurricanes in the past. But uh, yeah, I, I don't see him winning in, in tough circumstances too often. And what about the Hurricanes? Has anyone got any particular thoughts on them? They seem to be a side that's only a few injuries away to key players to be a bit of a rabble, to be honest. If you lose a guy like Dan Coles, Geordie, TJ, you know, you're not far away from putting together a, a team that's not looking too strong on paper. Do you think they can galvanise and maybe catch a few people off guard, or do you think this is a team that without some of those key guys, without a lot of direction at first five, they might struggle? They've also got a tough one in terms of draw, right? They've got Blue straight out the gate with all the hype there, and then they're going down to play the Crusaders, aren't they? So that's going to be a pretty tough order straight out um, to start things. Um, look, I'm, I, of course I love the Canes because I'm an idiot who lives in Wellington, but like, I, I think I have to be realistic about what our chances are. I think we're going to be probably putting pressure on people. We should be able to beat the Highlanders, but apart from that, it might be a bit of an arm wrestle. What, what's Lamafe going to do, though? He was looking pretty sharp. Um, they were, he was starting to get some things hissing there. Ben Lamb is always good fun to watch. You know, it's whether we get to um, have people outside. Loose forwards for the Canes as well were starting to come into their own. You know, we were we were worried about not having um, Artie, but then, you know, the other boys were stepping up. So who knows? I just think, you know, given the fact that we're not going to do playoffs and it's all just going to be points and we're playing like a Six Nations style competition, I just don't know whether the Canes will have an opportunity there because it's going to be the week on week. And what was it? I remember when I was a kid, the, the um, tagline for the Hurricanes was expect the unexpected. So, yeah, I think that's what we'll be doing again with them. Big crowds are expected this weekend, and we've seen lots of tickets sold already. Do you think that'll last, Hamish, as the competition goes on? Uh, oh, you're asking the wrong bloke, do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> when you do something for a living, it becomes not exactly the most fun thing. I wouldn't necessarily go and watch rugby myself, so I can't imagine... I can't put myself in the position of, of your average punter, but um, hopefully, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice. So we need some money in the coffers. Um, that Sunday daytime kickoff's a good advantage in that regard. Um, yeah, I mean, they've got some massive numbers this week for Eden Park, et cetera, but, yeah, as a, as a non-goer myself, um, I, I, yeah, I really couldn't. I'd be the worst person to say. Alice, you're a woman of the people. What are you What are you hearing and seeing and feeling out in the megatropolis that's lower and upper hut? <laughs> so, look, man, I think that there's a bit of excitement for the fact that we're allowed to go places still. So whether that's the rugby or not, I think people will just be excited to turn out for a thing. I mean, goodness me, Super Rugby couldn't have asked for a better uh, turn of events with, you know, Level 1 happening this Monday and the lead-up to this. They haven't had to dig out any cardboard cutouts to put in their stadium. So I think, you know... 
people are going to be excited to turn out. I think Hamish is right. I think the fact that we've got Sunday, um, you know, early day um, rugby, that's awesome. Let's make it more accessible for kids and things again. When we're going out there and it's, you know, 7.30 kickoff, that's a late one if you've got little people. Um, but, hey, I reckon people are going to be keen to turn up. I think the fact that we've got good local derbies, that's what people want to watch anyway, um, is going to mean that people keep turning out. And I hope that they continue that momentum for uh, Chelsea and I when we'll be playing in the Fire Apartment Cup um, <laughs> and come, uh, come August. So we'll hope that people get used to turning up to games so they can then come and turn up at ours. Absolutely. Ben, look, I guess as, as if you take your analyst hat off and as a rugby fan, look, are you excited about this competition? Do you think that crowds are going to continue in the same vein after the opening weekend? Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for it. I think what was a bit of a downer at the start of the year was we kind of had rugby kick off at the same time as cricket. It was it was too early for mine, so I didn't really have that feeling of excitement. I think we've obviously not had rugby for three months, so that's had a chance to build. And even if you drop the crowd numbers from what they're looking at this weekend, just by 20% or so, you're still going to be in a very good place by the end of the 10 weeks. So obviously, they're coming out the gate with huge crowds at Eden Park, and it looks like in Dunedin as well. So, you know, even if you have a little bit of drop-off through the competition, it's still going to be decent crowds. Um, so... I think it's it's going to be a winner in that regard. OK, guys, just before we move on, and Alice has segued quite nicely to the Farah Palmer Cup, but I'll get you guys to give me a quick prediction on this weekend's games first and foremost. So we'll start with Hamish, Chelsea, Alice, then Ben. Just give me a quick prediction on Chiefs Highlanders first up and then Hurricanes Blues on Sunday. Uh, Chiefs by 1-12. Blues by 1-12. Uh, yeah, Chiefs by about 20 uh, blues by 10. Yeah, I'd say Chiefs are going to wrap up a score, so we'll go, yeah, plus 12 for them. <laughs> and uh, as, you know what? I'm just going to be outrageous and just say the Hurricanes by uh, three. Because it, apparently oh, we're going to learn how to kick penalties. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fool. <laughs> <laughs> ben? Uh, yeah, I also think the Chiefs by about 1 to 12, and I also will take the Canes. Oh, good on you. All right. Well, look, Fire Palmer Cup is back in August, as Alice has mentioned. Alice, Chelsea, I guess Chelsea will start with you. Will you guys play club rugby to get ready? That starts next weekend, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, it's come. It's actually, although we've had all this time off, you know, it's, it feels like it's just popped up out of nowhere and um, back into the full context. So started this week and, um, yeah, I feel like I've been hit by a bus getting out of bed in the morning already. <laughs> but it gives you some time to get ready, right? And now the hype of Super Rugby, look, oh, I guess the stars are sort of aligning for you guys to be pretty pumped up for that start of the Farah Palmer Cup. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, it was only a few weeks ago we, we weren't sure if we'd even get the chance to play, but now it's, um, it's probably going to be the best competition it's been this year. We've got um, all the Blackfern girls available. We've got the Blackfern Sevens girls going mm-hmm. back to their regions and their provinces to play. So the, the display of women's rugby at FPC this year is literally going to be the best we've seen with um, our best players on display. So it's going to be some good stuff. Alice, how have you come out of lockdown? Are you lockdown ripped or lockdown lazy? <laughs> uh, I have to admit, I think it was about week three I traded the Broncos for Bears. So it's been, um, for me, I've had to do two pre-seasons for one season because I'm a sucker who uh, who stopped in the middle there. So it's been climbing up Fitness Mountain again. Whoa, whoa, how fun. Um, and we've got our uh, S&C coach down at uh, my local club who is absolutely ripping into us. Got to run a ball into contact this week. Wow, how exciting was that? Loves it, loves the tackle pad. 
Um, so that was that was good fun. But yeah, we're going to be um, cracking in. We've got to buy first week, but um, so we'll be going, you know, following week, and it's all on, and it's probably going to be. And I, I imagine it's the same for you, Chelsea. That we'll we'll be yeah. playing club straight through to um, SCC season. So now there'll be no break. Um, it'll be cracking in. I think it's going to be um, an interesting one because we still need a couple of the details of the SCC to come out because I know that they're looking at the split between North and South. Well, there's only three um, F- like NPC teams down in the South Island. So I'm assuming that's going to mean that um, us here in Wellington, probably Manawatu, Hawke's Bay, and then I guess it's going to be the question on who the other team is that's going to be put into that southern pool. Um, so that'll be interesting, particularly given, um, like you've alluded to, having the other Blackburns come back, having the Blackburns Sevens girls come back in that mix. Oh, who can stop Canterbury? I don't bloody know. Um, but that'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Chelsea, have you enjoyed, I guess, you know, the, the very recent resumption of getting the ball in hand and, and being able to, <laughs> to crack into some contact like uh, Alice has? Yeah, I mean, um, to be honest, if I have to do another six-month-long pre-season, I'm out. <laughs> it has been a long pre-season and a lot of running. So, yeah, to, to, get the, to be able to get the ball and do something different, that's a part of the game that I love. So, um, no, nah, it's good. I've bit, got a bit of anxiety around the first couple of games, I guess, just getting full back into the swing of things. But, um, yeah, it's good to get some club rugby under the belt before FPC. And then, obviously, I'm hoping for some international fixtures uh, later in the year as well. A few of those bubbles open up. It's been an interesting one down at our training, and I don't know if it's been the same for you, but we've actually managed to pick up a couple of girls from other codes. So um, I had a, a teammate of mine that's come back because basketball's mucking around. Um, they haven't had any confirmation of when their co- competition's going to be starting, and so we're picking up a pl- couple of players there. But also, it's been a tricky one, man. There's been a few people that all this time out has given them that refocus, and they've realised, you know what, maybe these niggles are not for them. So we're going to have an interesting one in terms of our club season. I think we're probably going to see a couple of teams end up folding. Um, because a l- six months is a long time. Uh, you lose the momentum and the rollover that rugby is something you do, and then it becomes something you choose to do. So it's going to be interesting to see what numbers we get together um, over the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. It will be very interesting. And look, it's good news that club rugby is returning and that the Farah Palmer Cup has been confirmed to return in August, though we do still await some details there. The NRL is also set to announce a funding package to save its women's competition, which is good news for the Warriors women's team after they were very much up in the air up until this week, even Alice, I believe. So oh. that's some good news for women's sport. But look, as we take a step forward, and it sometimes seems we take two steps back in this regard. Jeffrey Boycott, the former English cricket international, has come out this week saying that women shouldn't commentate men's cricket. Even former women's international cricketers don't have the experience required to do expert analysis on the men's game because they're so vastly different. Now, obviously, these are statements you will vehemently disagree with. Yeah, Alice, what do you make of Jeffrey Boycott's comments? We, you know, they seem very much against the the flow of the tide at the moment. Well, look, how many times does Jeff Boycott need to remind everyone what a massive sexist he is? Like, he he hates women. He was convicted of domestic assault in 1998, and they still went ahead and made him a stir. Like, none of this is surprising. If you're the type of person that beats your intimate partner, you're probably not going to think very well of them in a professional setting either. If you can do it personally, why are we surprised that professionally he has the same type of attitude? I just think Jeff Boycott, you know, he's just making sure that he never gets another gig because he's just sour grapes because he's been cut because his, his ideas are obviously old school um, and, and then, you know, thinks that he can't, he probably was kicking up a fuss at the idea that he might be sharing a platform with some women um, and then they said, see you later, mate. The future is now, the future is female. We don't need you here. The whole comment around the fact that 
you have to have played international men's cricket in order to provide expert commentary. It's just a nonsense. I think the thing is, is that there's a lot of players that can't bloody talk. Like, there's a lot of them that aren't necessarily the experts in terms of communication. Those are different skill sets. If you get the overlap, awesome. But that's not all players and that's not all jobs. So I think sometimes we get players that are naturally good at a thing and they're actually worse at explaining it because of it. Uh, so I think that nah, absolute nonsense just on a purely technical standpoint, absolute nonsense because he's a massive sexist. That's my opinion on it. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, Hamish, are you surprised that you're seeing this sort of thing? What do you make of the comments? And, you know, I guess the, the overall picture here, do you think that this guy should be even given any airtime? Yeah, well, that would be my thing. So I don't want to shock or horrify anyone, but there are um, dozens of, could be hundreds of talking heads the world over who I just pay no mind to. Um, I whether they exist, and I occasionally, despite my best efforts, become conscious of their comments. But as a rule, I just I just don't waste my time on things I don't care about or people's opinions that I'm not interested in. Jeffrey Blessing um, is in that bracket, so he's made a fool of himself, but he's made a fool of himself his whole life, and no one seems to mind. Um, he should have been called to account many times, and and. Um, his newspaper columns and radio commentaries and television appearances should have been cut off long ago, but they haven't been. Um, that's not my decision. But um, yeah, I just think we're all better off as people the more we ignore people we don't care for. It's probably a nice place to finish, guys. Thank you very much for joining me this morning. Thank you to Wellington Women's Pride player Alice Soper, the Blackferns midfielder Chelsea Alley, RNZ sports columnist Hamish Bidwell, and Rugby Pass rugby analyst Ben Smith for joining me on this week's show. And that's the Extra Time podcast for this week. We'll be back next week with another show. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.